The thing I don't want, just give me candy. Welcome to a brand new episode of Worst Song Ever, the podcast that goes to a wonderful Italian restaurant and orders some pizza pockets because... We like to keep it authentic. I'm your host, Jason. That was last week's song, Christmas Candy, uh, a song that had incredible tempo changes because of confusion. <laughs> and Mike, honestly, some of my my favorite ideas that I've ever had in my life generally come from like mishearing another person or misunderstanding them and then just rolling in a weird direction about it. And that's what I think I love the most about last week's song. I liked a lot of it. Uh, the, the things that I think bothered me about it. One, we didn't have a good sleigh bell sound. And I think that any Christmas track, to be an, a bona fide Christmas track, needs a sleigh bell. So the song itself is not a Christmas song, even though we sang about Christmas because of that? Uh, I think it's like, it's like how Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, even though it's Christmas. This is the Die Hard of Christmas songs? Uh, yes. yippee ki uh, <laughs> So... The other thing I didn't, I didn't like about it was the vocals were just they, they were just way too over over bursting. Like I was clipping and I didn't realize it because I don't have a good monitor for when I'm doing that. And that was a little upsetting because the vocal track, I think you're losing some of the nuance of the vocals uh, because they sound super distorted. Now, on the other side of that, um, I might just sound pretentious because the vocals are terrible. So I don't know that it matters. Anyway, let's move on to this week because I was not a huge fan of last week. All right. Um, so I'm your maybe host. That means Jason. it was a really bad worst song, though. It might have just been a worse song. Yeah. Well, it might be the the one that gets the the trophy at the end of the year. I'm your host, Jason, the misunderstander and direction director of misdirection. Uh, Mike, the one who somehow interprets and uh, understands my misconceptions, is our second host. And man number three on the mic is Jeremy, who inspired us with his love for candy and uh, sugar plums dancing through our heads. That's that's. I mean, you're the gingerbread man of our lives. I don't know. That's. Is that what here. those are, sugar plums? <laughs> Good to see you, Jeremy. How you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm super. Thanks for asking. We have a Twitter account, at Worst Song Pod. Uh, each week we follow a new musician. Uh, I don't know if we exactly decided on anybody. I think we had two today. Uh, <laughs> it was Dolly Parton and Roy Rogers Roasters. No, Kenny, Kenny. Rogers Roasters. Oh, my god. What gosh. about Roy Rogers? Does he have I, a roaster? I, he's going to have to wait for his own week. He has a restaurant. It's, it's a small chain. We talked a little bit about the nostalgia of Kenny and Dolly for Jason, and then Jeremy brought it up independently this week yeah. um, because he wasn't even on that part of the recording last time. And so I think it's just time to, to cover two of America's national treasures here. You know, Dolly's done so much for so many, and Kenny was there. So, I mean, he, he, he performed The Gambler. I don't even know if he wrote The Gambler. I should say he performed The Gambler, and I, I really like The Gambler. Are we Googling to see if you wrote The Gambler right now? I am. Okay. <laughs> I, I like what I'm going to be fact-checked real time. Uh, my belief is he did not write it, but I do not know if that is true. So, Mike, one of the things I wanted to talk about this He did week, not. Just, he didn't? Oh, yeah. Uh, it was Kelly Clarkson who wrote that song. <laughs> Mike, one of the things that, uh, that, historically speaking, that you talk to me about songwriting is... Uh, so several times uh, across the course of my life, I've tried to write songs and crash and burn every time. And the the piece of advice that you tend to give me is write something and then 
completely change it to for symbolism's sake. Uh, okay, I'm interested. Is that true? Is that true? I, I think it, there's there's times in my life where I think that's been more true than others. That's um, the that's the advice that I've got that I remember from you anyway. I mean, it sounds rich enough that like I want to I want to sound like I'm a great influence, and that was what I told you, but I don't remember that for sure. It sounds like a really pr- yeah. Now that you say it, it sounds like something somebody would say to sound like they're highfalutin and pretentious. Um, so I probably said it. <laughs> no, I guarantee you said it. It was basically it was like uh, write a song about love and then somehow make it about a stop sign and then people have to read into your song and they'll think you're deep. My question to you was, I mean, my question to you was, are we doing enough symbolism or is it is our just breakneck speed just not conducive to what to that sort of songwriting? I think I do a little more symbolism on the off pod tracks that I sometimes throw. And someday we'll have an episode where we cover a bunch of off off pod tracks that I I've I've created for mostly Jason's amusement, um, but which I totally find amusing. Yeah, it, it, so that means it's working. Uh, sometimes I do symbolism. Um, I, I did play one of my songs that was completely meant to be like a misdirected symbolism for somebody, and within the first like but before the end of the first verse, she was like, "This song is about," and she told me exactly what it was about. That wasn't the thing that I thought everybody would think it was about, and it was amazing because she was hundred percent correct. So, <laughs> so you do or do not. There is no try. I don't like to say there's a formula. The thing that I love right now about this podcast is that it's forcing me to write more often, and that's what I'm really enjoying. And even if I'm writing something that I'm not that proud of, just getting something more out there or playing more is really, really enjoyable. Jeremy, in terms of uh, uh, songwriting, um, you were texting me. La- was it last night? Two nights ago? As yes, I'm wearing. I believe what you texted me was um, that the Mambo Number no. Five was really a song that hurts Erica, yeah. and I I don't want to dwell too much on on um, Mambo Number no. Five because I feel like it's becoming the new Whitney Houston where we just talk about it every pod. But the but the 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 point that you were driving home was maybe she should write a rebuttal about being hurt for twenty years, and then it somehow devolved into hurt hurting. Kurt, Kurt Bush, NASCAR racing. Let's write an epic song about Kurt Bush. And being the most hated guy in NASCAR, that seemed like something that not only would appeal to me, but would appeal to Mike. Because <laughs> if there's one thing that I, that I love very much about um, spending time with Mike, at least back in the day, do you still do your NASCAR commentary when you drive around, uh, say, Nashville or wherever the world you're driving? Uh, I have not done that in a very long time. I, would say, I wouldn't say that I'd never pull it out, though. Like... If, uh, to anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, he pretends to be his own. Sp- it has has historically pretended to be his own spotter. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, it sounds like inside, 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 clear all around. And yeah, then it, it continues the entire drive. And it's awesome, especially it's, when you're driving a Ford Taurus that's not fast. Right. Well, so the Taurus was a car in NASCAR at one point. And yes, so it was. historically, I was not a, a NASCAR fan and my in-laws watched a lot of NASCAR. And so I had to find things I liked about it because I was going to watch it whether or not this was my choice. And the spotters, like just their conversations that they would play back, I found hilarious. And so one time I was driving my friend's Ford Taurus. That was which was started. the crappiest was, of the four oh, it was it was it was a very old very beat up very like it was like a college car and uh you know i just was and i think i pretended i was dale jarrett i believe because i think it was a brown ford taurus and that back then he drove <laughs> the 88 for ups and uh so it was you know 
I, I just had to do it. And uh, I really haven't watched NASCAR like legitimately in probably at least 15 years. But Kurt Busch was hated even then. So you got that going for you. So, so I mean, if you were to write a NASCAR song, Jeremy, I mean, especially if it what, especially about Kurt Busch, what do you think? Of well, I did a little research on NASCAR songs. <laughs> just to just to kind of get into the headspace, and um, there was a lot of rap, uh, which was unexpected, and a lot of comparing oneself to a, a NASCAR. Wait, how? I I don't even know how that works. I wish we had a licensing agreement to play some of these songs for some samples yes. and commentary. Yes, I, I do too because they were uh, interesting. Is that remotely feasible to write a uh, an entertaining song about NASCAR, Mike? Oh, I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, so one of the first things that came to mind when you said Kurt Busch, though, was Kate Bush. Mm. Is that a clothing line? No, Kate Bush is a singer-songwriter from the UK. and okay, Close enough. I only know a few songs from her, but I th- I, she was fairly com- popular during the 80s and I think the early 90s. Several of her songs have been used in montages for CSI, which is actually one of the reasons that I know her. So, you know, she's got that going for her. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Who? So I think there's like Anheuser-Busch. I mean, there's a lot of bushes that we could talk about. I personally really like the idea. I don't know why I I like that idea of, of NASCAR music, especially here's the deal. When it comes to NASCAR, my favorite race car driver is Jimmy Johnson in NASCAR currently because everyone hates him. Yes. <laughs> and so the idea of writing a song about somebody that's hated. That is just absolutely loathed. I, I, it just strikes a chord in me, and I, I'm fully on board with that. It doesn't have to be this week, but at some point moving forward, uh, I would like to do that. Mike, the thing I wanted to talk to you about, one of our favorite games to play throughout the years, I, it's weird to say that out loud into a microphone, is to text each other, guess who's on the, co- uh, on the cover of O Magazine this month? And spoiler alert, um, it's always Oprah. It's is, every single yeah. time. I, no, 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 no. One, <laughs> one, one time it was Stedman. <laughs> I, need to, I, I need to look this up and see it with my own eyes. I, Not that I don't believe it, but I need to see it. It might have been an era before camera phones were super common. Um, because I would have sent you How a do you picture spell of Stedman? It. I, I have no <laughs> freaking clue. Just, just include Oprah. Oh, yeah. Well, they're both on the cover. It's, it looks like he might be in the back on the back half of the cover, not even the front cover. He's like, on, you know, they like split the cover. They, it looks like they split the cover in half. Oh, and, they and she's probably it? on the front, and they folded it, and he's on she's the back. T- cover. She, she's top yeah, of that way. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's oh, yeah. the full she's front cover, and he's the back cover. Well, all right, maybe I'm full of crap. No, I I I got really excited that Stedman was on the cover of O Magazine. <laughs> so I was at Target yesterday did you know that oprah she's on the cover of a frozen pizza with a cauliflower crust i I did not know that and it blew my goddamn mind do you think you become a billionaire by just having a tv show in your own production company and your own magazine no No, you gotta have a pizza too yeah you gotta diversify because it's not the same audience that buys pizzas and magazines you gotta exactly your total addressable market needs to be gigantic if you told me that it was a deep dish pizza because she did her shows in Chicago, I might have believed it more, but it's a thin crust cauliflower pizza <laughs> oh, because she likes to eat healthy. I was going to say yeah. because of her whole weight loss sagas that we've mm-hmm. seen over the years. And that's why pizza makes no sense. 
because it's so delicious and, and terrible for you. <laughs> this is uninteresting in all ways at this point. Fair enough. You should follow us at Worst Song Pod on Twitter. Where we follow other people. At WorstSongPod.com. If you want to sponsor us, you can email us to shows at WorstSongPod.com. Uh, but well, I mean, we're doing NASCAR this time. It's fine. I just that, this is are we doing NASCAR this time? I'm. Why not? We didn't. I'm just... all in on. I'm all in on like. So there's a couple of themes to explore here. You got NASCAR, so you've got fast cars. You know, 43 cars. Yeah. You got fast cars. You got a lot of left turns. Unless you're a Watkin, Watkins Glen, right? Or a Sears Point. <laughs> I think we got a lot to talk about. I think. Is, I think the point is there's a lot of knowledge to drop. We did pick NASCAR. Um, we could also just talk about being hated. I think that was part of the theme. Yes. How many times have we started with one theme, and then by the end you can't even tell that's what we talked about? Yeah. Trying to get the creative process going, let's ask random questions. All right. So in terms of music, um, one of the things I kind of think about sometimes is, have you ever seen a song as a challenge where you either need to learn how to play it or learn how to sing all of the lyrics to it? Me personally, the time that the the song that I remember the most is Cypress Hills Insane in the Brain. I remember this. And listening to it on repeat for hours. uh, And I could only listen to it in one particular room. And the people who were in that room left except for one because there was a computer and he wanted. Basically, he started going crazy because I played the song on repeat. Did he go insane in the brain? He basically yeah. did. He went loco, as it's described in the song. The Side note, the only thing, and I'll just bring this around, um, that song actually helped me in my life because I remembered all of the words to it. I had I, I moved to California. I had no friends whatsoever. I got invited to karaoke because I was a weird guy. and was like, oh, it always feels weird to leave him out. I went there sang this song and they're like who the hell is this guy going word for word toe to toe with cypress hill right here and uh i made good friends with all of those people does anybody else have a wholesome story and i really like that yeah Yeah, no it really turned i mean it it was it was kind of like i'd lived in town for a month and i didn't know anybody and it really kind of turned the tide does anybody else have like a mountain to be conquered either uh in some form or fashion in terms of songs I, i have more than one certainly the first one I really remember is We Didn't Start the Fire from Billy Joel. Ooh. That's um, got to be like the ultimate of all songs to, to conquer. The thing that bothers me about it today is that it's lyrically nonsense. It's just a bunch of names. And I, I think when I was, you know, nine or 10 or whatever I was when that thing came out, I didn't realize that. Like, I knew I wanted to know all the words, and it was going to be really cool if I did. I don't think I understood the historical significance of it until a little bit later, you know, when it was like, oh, wow, this is some kind of shitty history lesson. (laughs) And it's just, I mean, it's just not a good song. Like, there's nothing redeeming about it really at all, but I could still basically sing the entire thing. The second one, I think, was It's the End of the World as You Know It from R.E.M., yeah, that's that's the other. That's the other uh, if you're yeah. if you're talking about the two pentacles. Yeah, and and you know, and I'm I would say I'm not, I never completed that one. I know a vast majority of it, but there are still parts where I struggle to keep up at times. And if you ever hear them do it live, they do it even like double time it, and it, like it's wow. it, it's kind of dope. The other song that um, stands out to me is a song by Garth Brooks called "Ain't Going Down to the Sun Comes Up," and uh, my favorite version. My sister and I used to. 
have competitions with each other to see who could learn the words to it fast. And uh, it's one of those songs that to this day, you play that song and I know every single verse of it. And my favorite version of that was, again, at a karaoke bar. We were leaving a Christmas party. I waltz into this dive bar and everybody's singing country music. And I was like, all right, I'll do that too. I'm wearing like a, the, I look like a yuppie with my sweater. Cause I just left a Christmas party and I get up there and just destroy that song. That place turned on from like, who the hell is this guy to who the hell is this guy real quick. It was, it was really one of the great moments of my life. So I think what we're hearing is that moments of your life are defined by karaoke. Karaoke. Yeah, good and bad. I, mean, I, I got no we've problem. Covered yeah. the, we've yeah. covered the bad before, but yeah. What I like and tell, and I make up for with enthusiasm. Jeremy, uh, do you have any songs that you really had to tackle? And, and I, I've spent a fair bit of time learning like Lady by Kenny Rogers for karaoke. Um, I don't know about you, but I have a karaoke playlist that I play in the car because it's the one time you get to practice. I don't practice. You don't, pra- you don't need to. <laughs> well, no, there's times I definitely should. um all right jeremy wrote this question down i don't know if this is our last one before we get on to the song what is something that everybody told you that you were crazy but it turns out that you were right it's such a big question i'm afraid to ask it the first thing that comes to my mind in terms of this is in high school whenever you and i heard the bloodhound gangs the bad touch Mm -hmm. and we thought it was the greatest song in the world and we sang it for about two months, and everybody's like, "That's a weird song. Why are you guys incessantly singing it?" And then yeah. two months later, everybody would shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, I um, and then they wouldn't leave. It. it was like, "Oh, do you hear this song?" And I was like, "We've been telling you about this song for two months now." What I like about that song is that it's got a sixteen-bar turn, and you can absolutely do the Macarena to it. You can do the Macarena in any song. It's I mean, you can, but it really Macarena. works well on that song. It really yeah. works well on that. You just got to believe in yourself and try hard. Oh, trust me. I've tried so many times. Uh, the Macarena is a dance you can do while driving a car. Ask me how I know. It's true. Were you in the car when there was a car going the other direction and they were, uh, they, just, they tried to dance back at us? We had a dance, a dance off on, it was on a highway in Illinois. No, I, I don't think you were. I'm going to just say yes for the sake of the story i think you were i drove a corolla at the time and i remember it's you also a nascar was. car yeah, it was. Uh, no, it no the, the camry was the nascar oh, car. The oh, apologize was the NASCAR. it was not clear uh, all around not a clear no i drove a corolla at the time and i remember you telling me about this idea that people in jeeps have a thing called the jeep wave and you were like you should start the corolla wave <laughs> and so i basically took a let's think imagine the dance move the sprinkler right and yep. you're taking your arm and you're you're doing like kind of the, the elbow out wave. And that became the Corolla wave. And whenever I saw somebody else driving a Corolla of the same body style, so it wasn't the older body style, of the same body style, I would do it. And I mean, I must have done this for like a year. Never got a response. Every, every now and then got like some weird looks. I did this once. And this other dude driving a Corolla on this multi-lane highway like pulls up next to us. And like moves his arm out of socket and does this like weirdest wave thing I've ever seen. And I remember me and my spouse and there were people in the backseat. I don't remember who they were. We were all we'll just get, like, we're going to say it's Jeremy and I, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, we, yeah, we were sure. just amazed that it was like not only had the Corolla wave worked, but like this guy was like, I see your wave and I one up you fuckers. And I was just like mad props to this dude. Like, I mean, so the point is when you drive a vehicle that you're proud of, you should have your own wave. 
To me, the point is there's one cool Corolla driver other than you in the entire nation. Yeah, just the two I no of longer, you. I no longer own a Corolla. <laughs> well, that's why you had to get rid of it to get a cooler community to be part of. Yeah. All right. I think we should probably get into some music. This has been a, right. a long conversation good. about nearly nothing. Nearly nothing. Uh, story of my life. I mean, you are a lawyer. so. <laughs> All right. So today's topic is NASCAR. Um, I'm putting that question with, mark with in there. With the question mark. Yeah, we haven't really fully discussed what's going on, but there are things to talk about. Um, the function of what we do, Mike is the musical talent, and Jeremy and I are just going to sit there and try and derail him. And guess what? He likes shiny objects. So here we are. We're going to make a song one to two minutes long, start to finish, usually within an hour, usually within half of that time. Now it is time for the montage. going to need a montage. Describe a tempo and a drum beat. What do you got? Does it? Does the drum beat go with the mandolin? This sounds like a weird Mario Brothers one. Oh, we definitely need some like synth voice in there. That's amazing. Oh, perfect. Oh, can that be? Can that be some sort of bassline or beat or something? We'll see. Uh, that's, that that's what, that was what I was looking for, though. <laughs> oh, does this become like a uh, rave song as a result? Yeah. It's Only like, if we hand out past. At any point, do we get to go racing? Boogity, boogity, boogity. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I love the fact that you guys know the DW boogity boogity boogity. <laughs> what is this right, onion? Shit going down. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was soundscaping, okay? Does Enya have a I have a NASCAR? I just Googled <laughs> Enya NASCAR and I'm getting some weird shit. <laughs> Lyrically, this is going to be a little challenging, but I'm okay with it. I mean, do you sing in an ethereal way? Like, how does that work out for you? Is it is it better to be really aggressive for a uh, oh, this ethereal music? Yes. You better check yourself, Kurt Bush. I'm going to come after you, Kurt Bush. Bush. So, so so far, I love this opening phrase. This goes out to all the haters out there. <laughs> you know what I really love a lot? If you just go, this goes out to all the haters out there, and then you don't say anything for three minutes, and yeah. then you go, this, you got it, and then that's yeah. the end of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some lyrical ideas here. Like, what are you going for? Because they're, you know, like I, I said, there are different I, ways to go. I want to more talk about just like the absurdness of NASCAR culture. How RVing is um, not really camping. Oh, I like that. Okay. If you RV in an infield, that's really. That's, that's that's just, just, Jeremy, what are you thinking? Is it 7% of America is left handed? Sure. 11. 
Oh. I just have a hard time saying anything bad about NASCAR. <laughs> She'd be like, he goes left. And then left again. And then left again. Left again. And, then- <laughs> and then left again. And then left again. And then left again. All right. I think I got I got some ideas. Uh, I have a hard time singing a NASCAR song not in a country, in a country twang. I think that's what makes this thing challenging and amusing. Trying to find a melody on this has actually been the challenge, so I'm going to keep playing with that a little bit. I want, I want more song and less rap. Shout out to the 11%. I hope I have that right. I need to, it says 10 on this other blog. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. Um, I, I'm almost curious if we could just write a song about left-handed NASCAR drivers. Instead of Kurt Busch himself. List of left-handed NASCAR drivers. All right. Ayrton Senna. He's from Formula One. Formula One, Formula One. Terry Labonte uh, was a NASCAR driver. He was left-handed. That might be the only <laughs> one. Terrible. He's from Texas. I do remember that. Texas Terry. Yeah. Uh, um, That was the only person on that list. Granted, it was only a five-person list. So did I. I do like how it ends. No, I, I actually am starting to like a lot of it. That piano changed everything. So the, the fun part to me is that we have a NASCAR thing going around. Um, we could try some weird Doppler effect, like on the, on the vocals. Like the idea is the vocalist is in the car doing turn left, turn left. And you're listening as the audience yeah. um, out in, in the stands. Yeah, we could try something like that. <laughs> that is way extreme. Welcome back from that awesome montage. That was NASCAR, as Jeremy and I. Th- yes, there is an uh, intentionally a question mark in there. Uh, Jeremy, and, Jeremy and I decided he has since gone to bed. Um, we started with really no idea of a topic exactly, and it seemed like this could, this one could have gone a thousand ways. Uh, we mixed aggression and a love, and and almost a, a smoothie or a soup, if you will with varying degrees of uh, different ingredients. You know, how do you think things went, Mike? I think we had some interesting times. <laughs> we started out with some drum machines. We were a little aggressive. We found some some race car sounds. Which I loved. Um, yeah. The, the, the intro actually started out really nicely. The drums got a little complicated. I was playing with some piano parts. They're They're interesting. Uh, the lack of structure in the song, I think, was a little constraining. The storylines were all over. The time box. If, if I had another hour, I think I could turn this into something. At this point, I kind of like it. I like parts of it. But that's part of the, part of the deal here is we time box things. So you kind of have to say, hey, we're at the time and we're going to wrap it. And so this is a shorter song. It feels a little more like a radio jingle in some ways than a real song. But I'm okay with all that. Uh, it is terrible, which I think means we've achieved, you know, worst song level type status. 
And one of the things that and I feel like you do a lot is you don't go for the obvious. And to me, I would have gone a million, like I would have gone to a country twang a lot quicker than you did. Mostly because I didn't. didn't. Well, yes. No, that's, <laughs> I mean, at all is a lot quicker than you did. And so, I mean, what was your thought process behind, you know, we're, we're singing an NASCAR song. It would have made sense to do that. Yeah, I, I, I guess, guess to me, me I, I just didn't. Are you a country music fan? Maybe is a good question to ask. Not really. At zero points in your life or? All, like, like almost none. none. The, the things, things I do like, like about country, country, I like really old country. It, it has plenty of stories, which generally resonates with you. Uh, that's part of it. A lot of it is that in the old country, parts of old country music, uh, the people wrote their own songs. And I would say that I am super biased for people writing their own music. And one of the things I really don't like is when there's just a hit factory and somebody comes up and records a song. That's pretty much what I have disdained about country music for the last 40 years. Oh, and it's terrible. I mean, so basically, that's what you should be shooting for by your own definition. Boom. Lawyered science. Bam. Well, like, to me, I mean, you can always think about your dog leaving you in your tractor and like partying all night. Like, I guess the other thing is I feel like country somewhere took a turn to become basically pop rock. It could have gone towards old country instead of, you know. Yeah. So it depends on what instrument you pick up first. Yes. I don't think I've done an acoustic guitar yet on this podcast, now that I think about it. So, that should be our goal. So, uh, enough talk. We're going to go for our brand new worst song ever. This goes out to all the haters out there. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. For checkers, I chase the checkers. Eleven percent of America is left-handed. This is the sport for you. really wondered if we could have made a beat out of the race car noises is that remotely possible absolutely i mean within a time box I, it's probably not nearly as feasible i uh, I, don't I don't work with samples, samples a ton so it would probably be difficult in a time box unless i practiced doing that ahead of time it's, it's also a longer like, like it's, it's got, got a doppler effect right of the car coming around the track and we tried to do a doppler effect in your track it, one of the, the, the background vocals have some doppler still going on it's it a little sounded weird. crazy yeah i think that the, the sound effect of the car coming through is pretty cool i think the actually, i like a lot of the elements of this song i just feel like it doesn't flow super well is it because it is so many different elements in terms of the piano and the race car I'm not going to say they're diametrically opposed, but they're quite different as a person who spent a lot of time at race car tracks. In his life. 
yeah, yeah I, maybe, maybe that's, that's part of it. it. I, I, I think, think the drums were a little rough. rough. Like, you know, if, if I, I didn't choose 120 BPM and maybe would have picked out a, a 90, 95 BPM, like we would have had a very different song. And maybe that was my, uh, maybe that was the downfall. I was kind of surprised that we didn't start the song over in a similar way to the Lou Vega song. I felt like it was such a hard song to wrap our brains around that I was kind of surprised that you didn't just say, all right, let's start over. Just because I felt like you were struggling a little bit with the concept. I don't think I ever got that mad at the song. I think I was... No, not mad, just... You know, whenever you wrap your brain around the concept a little bit and you're like, okay, I know for a fact this is the direction I'm going now. I think what I learned here was that trying to do a song at 120 beats per minute that isn't basically a dance tune is a little bit rough. The moral of the story is you go to 150, 200? To re- <laughs> or do you go slower? I think I slow it down. Like, I think if you would, if I would do it about... You know, I could do maybe 100 for like a pop rock kind of tune, maybe like 75 or 80 for maybe a good R&B like slow jam. And I just think there's a lot of options here. I, I hadn't done anything this fast. I tried to do some fast stuff. It was, I'm going to say suboptimal. But we have a little tune here. And, you know, it, we live and learn. We'll be back in another, you know, week or period and uh, have a good song. So. All right. So here's my last question to you. I know how you like to tinker. Um, it's part of what makes you beautiful. And it's part, and it's the only reason why we will have an entire episode of songs that are quote unquote off pod. Um, they're ones that you send and text to me um, just to entertain ourselves. Are you, because um, in the podcasting world, we're not taking the week off as far as I know. But in real life, we're taking a week off so you can travel for work. In the next week, is this song going to stick in the back of your mind and you're going to rewrite the whole damn thing because you have an extra hour or two to do it? No. Are you done with this song? Yeah, I I, I really don't don't see myself myself revisiting this one. Why is that? A lot of our songs I don't revisit. Like, let's be clear. Uh, Some Some of the ones off pod, I'm probably more likely to revisit because I spent more time on them or they had more thought in my brain about them. I also just want to try new things. And so the next, like I tried this, I don't think it went to the, the apex of where I wanted it to go. So I'll, I'll start again rather than, rather than edit this one. All right. So I, I hope everybody had a, a fun time with us here on the pod tonight. Um, I had a fun, you know, we gave it our, oh, we gave it a swing and, uh, you get on a swing next week. So here we are. Uh, I like to thank Mike. I like to thank uh, Jeremy, who uh, has gone to bed at this point in time. I'd like to thank Dale Earnhardt Jr., who is a left-handed driver at least part of the time, and uh, partially. He I think part I think he's left-handed he, or part driver. He's, well, he's. I mean, currently a zero driver, uh, as far as I know, but partially left-handed according to the internet, not fully. And uh, I want to. I want to thank everybody for listening. And this is, uh, unless you want to say, I think I, I, I want, want to shout out to our one Twitter follower who claims to not be a bot. <laughs> I want 
to remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at WorstSongPod. In the same way that we are following uh, Dolly Parton and uh, Kenny Rogers Roasters, not to be confused <laughs> with Roy Rogers Roasters. Or which with is Kenny Rogers, the, the man, just the, the roasters. Or the, yeah, the gambler, the Kenny Rogers, the father and grandfather for all that we know. I don't know if that's... That seems, seems probable. Probable at his age. <laughs> So thank you one more time. And we are listening to our brand new worst song ever and maybe our worst song ever. I don't know. Let's see next week on worst song podcast. Thank you. This goes out to all the haters out there. If you're not cheating, you're not trying For checkers, I chase the checkers. Eleven percent of America is left-handed. This is the sport for you. In terms of the bad touch, I did try to learn all of the lyrics to it one time. Um, it's not it's, that bad. It's harder. Yeah, well, you think you know all the lyrics until you try to sing them. Some of them sweat, are a little baby, bit quicker. Sweat, baby, sex is a Texas. Only princess singer bats. Put your hands in my pants. Then you, then I bet you feel nuts. Yes, I'm Cisco. Yes, I'm Ebert. Then you put getting two thumbs up. You had enough of two hand touch. Was it? You, had, you, you want to rough your out, out, out of bounds once you smothered, once you covered, like my Waffle House hush browns. Coming quicker than FedEx, never reach an apex. See, the thing Let's is, like it's hard to get. Stuck. Yeah, that part, like that part right there, are certain clumps it, that are hard to, to get yeah, all out if you don't. It's know. easy to get tongue tied. Yeah. You're not cheating. You're not trying. Kurt Bush is not lying. He's the greatest driver that we ever had, and he's the best man I ever seen. Kurt Bush, he ain't no Kyle. Kurt Bush is the best man we got. Left, we got left, we got left, we got left. He's the best. We got left. We're talking about hate. Bringing down America's icons. We're talking about an attack. I really expected you to be like, this song is about the most important people in America. Lincoln, Washington, Kurt Bush. All right, so, so far, far I like, like the, the beginning. beginning. Like, like we got, got eight bars. Texas Terry Labonte was left-handed.